And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Mount Watson. We're going to talk about some fun stuff today. We're, going to, we're with Steve Naito today. He was the co-founder and CEO of Any Place. It's a really cool story from uh, being an immigrant to first-time entrepreneur, has, has a great business, and recently raised the Series B. So we're going to talk about his journey. Um, and today, I think he's actually sleeping in his competitor's house, which I think is going to be a fun, a fun part of the story. Um, you know, he has a great business helping some digital nomads like him, I think, go all over the U.S. and, and work remotely. And, um, you know, I would love to travel the world and do that. I think it'd be fun for some people. And I think that's part of his long-term goal as company, too, I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, do want to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale. Hiring software developers is a huge pain in the ass, but Fullscale can make it easy for you. We have a, a great team. And if you need to build a, a permanent team to help your business, uh, we can help you. Check us out at Fullscale.io. Steve, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. Now, are you safe where you're at? Like sleeping in your competitor's house? Like, are you safe? I'm safe so far. You know, <laughs> I I usually live in any place, but I was kicked out of um, any place property because currently our San Francisco properties are fully occupied, which is a good yeah. problem. And I'm now, you know, testing out one of competitors' property. So. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, hey, if you have a paying customer, I would take their money, right? Like, take their money and stay somewhere else. Right? That's business, right? You got to do whatever you got to do. Right. But, you know, it's good. I, I only learn, you know, a lot of stuff from them, like the from the booking process and their yeah. dashboard in their app. And yeah, you know, which is good investment. It's good to be a, you know, we'd call it a secret shopper, right? Like you're seeing what the competitor does and getting ideas from them. It's, it's always good. Right. I won't tell them, okay? Oh, okay. Your, yeah. your just, secret just is safe. Us. Yeah, your secret is safe with us and the millions of people listening to the podcast today. So, Thank you very much. Um, well, Steve, tell us a little bit about your journey. You you mentioned to me before you're an immigrant from Japan and, and first-time entrepreneur. And tell us tell us your story. I think it's, it sounds like a great story. Yep. So I'm, I'm originally from Japan. Uh, after I graduated my college, I moved to San Francisco. At that time, I didn't speak English. I didn't have money. I didn't have friends here. I had nothing. But I had a dream. My dream is to build a global product. And I believe San Francisco Bay Area is the best place to build a global product because there are so many great founders and investors and talent who has a an experience in building global product. So uh, that's why, you know, I, you know, moved to San Francisco. And let me share one more story. Um, when I was a, a college student, I watched a movie called The Social Network. Do you yeah. know Social Network? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, the story about uh, Mark Zuckerberg founded Facebook. So now, you know, everyone, everyone hates Mark. But at that time, uh, he was a rock star. And then I was shocked, you know, the you know young um, person who are the same age uh, as you know uh, as me, and 
he created Facebook and uh, everyone around the world, you know, using Facebook. So I was shocked and I know the place of Silicon Valley and I wanna, I wanna go there because to be honest with you, 90% of Japanese startups, 90, uh, they are copycats. They copy US startup and right. localize them into the Japanese market. So it's boring. I, I don't want to spend my time on you know, someone's idea for, the, for 10 years or 20 years. So, so that's why you know, um, I moved to, you know, I, uh, from San Francisco. So did you, so when you went to college, did you study business or entrepreneurship or any of those kinds of, of things? Or what did you study? I studied uh, economics, so I was an okay. average student, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you came to San Francisco to live the dream. Now, you know, I guess, uh, I don't know, 100 years ago, whatever, it been the gold rush, right? Everybody was, everybody was going there to find gold, but you're going there to, to start a company, which is awesome. So how did you end up with this business idea? How, how did you get to any place? Hey, you tell us a little bit about any place first, but then, you know, how did you get to that business idea? All right, so... Any place is a hospitality brand for remote workers. Uh, we are building remote work friendly, fully furnished apartment with high speed internet and office setup. Each unit has a standing desk, uh, ergonomic chair, ultra wide monitor, webcam, mic, mouse, keyboard, everything you need to be productive during your stay. And you can rent out you know, our apartments on a monthly basis. So you can move in and out whenever uh, you want. So it's flexible housing. Um, then we are currently available in uh, four cities across the United States, San Francisco, New York, LA, and San Diego. Um, so I started you know, any place because I wanted this product for myself. But our initial idea was different. Our initial idea was a um, marketplace that allows people to live in a hotel on a monthly basis. Yeah, so I was I, I I've been a digital nomad for the past five years, and then I change my location uh, on a regular basis. Um, but at that time, when we started our original idea, it was five years ago. Uh, I was frustrated about the housing situation. You know, if I rent out apartment, I need to commit to long term contract, usually right. 12, 12 months, right? And right. also I need to set up Wi Fi and UTTs and I need to punch them. So it was stressful. Um, then I came up with an idea. You know, why don't we you know, live in a hotel? It's pretty flexible. Right. And then I reached out to you know, several hotels and, or Airbnb, you know, vacation rentals. And some you know, properties gave me a huge discount if I stay longer, you know, more than 30 days. And we, I, I first, you know, I started living in a hotel. And then I was like, hey, I like this experience and then someone should, you know, um, enjoy, you know, the same experience. And this is how we started our original idea of, you know, marketplace. Yeah. So there, there are some hotels that are geared around longer stay, right? There are some of those out there that are for weekly, week long or monthly rentals, right? But there's not a lot of them. That, that's not very common, right? Right. Yeah. Extend stay hotel, that types of category is growing, but, uh, yeah, but usually, you know, they offer, you know, a uh, longer term stay, like weekly, monthly stay, plus, you know, kitchenette, small kitchen space. Right. But not, not something like any place, like, you know, high-speed internet and, you know, desk, standing desk and monitor stuff. 
Um, Some of those extended stay places I've seen before are not very nice either. Like, I feel like the people that live there are the people that got kicked out of their apartment because they didn't pay their rent or something. (laughs) Right. It seemed like they're kind of rough, weird places. But, um, yeah, for most hotels or Airbnb, right, they want to make $200 a a night or $300 a night or or whatever rent. So they don't really want to give you a discount, right, because they want to sell every weekend for a premium at $300 or whatever. So they want to block off their whole schedule at a massive discount probably. So it it is kind of its own unique type of, of, of business. Um, and are there Airbnbs that rent out by the month too? There are some. Yeah. They, um, recently focused on, you know, um, more than 30 days plus stays this area. Yeah. Because, you know, as you know, uh, due to the pandemic, um, everyone, can work from anywhere, right? The pandemic has changed how people live and work. So Airbnb wanna yeah, um, focus on you know, um, this area recently. And actually we are a good partner with Airbnb. Uh, around 30% of bookings came from Airbnb actually. You know, we list our properties on Airbnb. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're, they're a, 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 one of your go-to-market strategies. So what is what does it cost on average for somebody to rent one of your places. I'm, I'm gonna guess it varies wildly from San Francisco to one place or another. But like, what is what does that cost? Right, it really depends on the room type and location. For example, San Francisco, so you could rent out studio from you know around 4k per month, okay. and one bedroom I'd say you know 5k or 6k. But um, everything is included, like you know furniture. We we um, provide fully furnished accommodations, so. Um, and then you can rent out um, our apartments uh, on a monthly basis. So you will enjoy really, you know, flexible um, type of lifestyle through any place. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that would be, that would be very useful for some people. Absolutely. For sure. So did you, did you tell me before you went through some kind of accelerator as well? Right. Um, We graduated from, um, Jason Calacanis's accelerator. So Jason is a um, one of the most famous angel investors in the Bay Area. Um, he invested in Uber, Robinhood, Calm, and then also he hosts, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, two famous podcasts. One is This Weekend Startups, and second one is you know All In Podcast. So he started uh, his own um, incubator. I'd say three or four years ago, and then yeah, we graduated graduated his, you know, um, incubator. And then after we graduate his incubator, he uh, consistently, you know, invest in a company like three or four times. Wow. So you you guys have now raised uh, recently a Series B. So tell us as a, you know, first-time founder, what it was like going through, you know, the seed stage of it. You know, it sounds like that gentleman helped probably a lot through the accelerator and the funding. But tell us about that journey of the, the fundraising and all of this. Good question. So let me start with um, his incubator. So um, when we got accepted for his incubator, you know, um, we were working on our previous idea, marketplace idea, and then we had a small traction, like we generate, you know, 10K uh, per month as a revenue. And then through his, his, through his incubator, you know, every week I pitched to, you know, uh, top tier uh, VCs, you know, uh, who Jason 
you know, bring every week, like five or six, you know, um, investors from top tier VCs. Okay. And I pitched to them. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant and then I'm not a native English speaker. So uh, it was tough, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was um, a 12 or 13 week program. And I'm getting used to like, you know, I could prepare my pitch and also I'm getting used to, you know, what types of, you know, questions investor uh, to ask me. So uh, it was great experience. You know, I'm pretty getting used to pitch to U.S. investors. And after we graduated, you know, um, his incubator, you know, uh, they connected a lot of you know, local investors and we could raise 2.5 million seed round after that. Um, then uh, we accelerate, you know, our growth. Um, but during the pandemic, we pivot uh, because, you know, uh, due to the pandemic, everyone stopped moving and then our, you know, revenue uh, went down uh, almost a half. And um, at that time, you know, we were struggle, um, um, but we need to survive. And then I realized that, you know, the pandemic has changed the way people live and work. And many people started, you know, uh, nomadic lifestyle. And some some of my friends, you know, rent out Airbnb, but uh, they uh, bring monitor, you know, or a chair into the Airbnb. And then when I saw this, uh, hey, you know, we should create, you know, something like, you know, work-friendly accommodation. It should be, you know, future standard of accommodation. So this is how we pivot um, um, from the marketplace to our current model. And then after that, our growth is like, you know, crazy rapid. And then Jason, you know, um, we, we, we build a great relationship with Jason. Um, and then Jason really likes, you know, what we are building. And he led, you know, our uh, previous round, CSB. And at that time, we raised uh, more than uh, 10 million. In your, was that the Series A? Uh, no, actually, like, sorry. Before Series B, we did 5 million, 5 million okay. Series A funding. Okay. And then re- recently, yeah, we closed uh, 10 million Series B. And so Jason helped you do all of that, all three rounds? Yeah, how to pitch, you know, uh, investors. And then also uh, he always like um, making, you know, a first investment of every round of funding, okay. which is which is great, right? The getting first check is um, tough, pretty tough. Yeah. So he could um, help us a lot in this way. So one of, one of the things I see on LinkedIn a lot is people would be like, well, Series A companies need to do this and Series B companies should do this. So I ask you, who recently went through this, Series A, Series B, was there anything like fundamentally different? You're like, oh, when we got to Series B, we hired, we needed to hire a CFO. That was like the key thing. Or was there anything really kind of key to you? Like, okay, we did the Series B. Now we need to do this. We were like, need to do these things differently. Was was People always talk about. It. I'm just curious from your, you know, from your experience, did any of that kind of stuff happen? Great question. So I would say, until Series A funding, um, companies should be focused on top line revenue because they need to prove of the you know prove their you know uh, model, whether there's demand or not. And but after Series A, um, companies should um, should be mindful of you know unit economics and also retention, how people coming back, how often people coming back, how people love, you know, uh, our product, how people choose us rather than competitors. So 
uh, we've been focusing on many you know, like retention part, and then actually you know our customers, specific our customers love our products. You know, again, we are currently available only in four cities, right? But uh, our returning customers stay with us, you know, four times or you know five times already. So it's um, it's pretty high retention rate, and if we um, expand into more, you know, um, major markets across the United States, definitely we will see more, you know, um, um, retention increase. So, yeah. So this is how, you know, uh, people, you know, companies um, take a look at different uh, metrics at a different stage, I would say. So from a, so now that you recently closed your Series B, is there something new that you've really focused on? Like, Part of that may be you spent some of that $10 million on some specific investments or what? What what is new in the Series B for you that you're focused on? Yep. So uh, one is expansion. So we prove, you know, our um, product is working and also uh, our customers love our product. So we should expand into, you know, um, any place across the United States and also we should be mindful of uh, profitability. So investors would see more, you know, uh, profit or sustainability of the company. So our focus um, has shifted from the top line revenue to more like unit economics and uh, profitability recently. So what is your guys' model? Do you buy these uh, houses or condos or whatever, or are you like renting them from somebody else and then putting them in the platform? Like, how do you do that? Yep, our model is a uh, sublease, subleasing model. Okay. So we we work with um, large real estate operators across the United States. For example, Graystar, Avalon Bay, uh, UDR. We partner with them, and they they have um, multi-family apartments across the United States. And you know, by partnering with them, we can expand our units in a scalable way. And more rapidly, and you're you're another avenue for them to have renters, right? Like they're they're trying to fill thousands, like potentially tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of doors, right? Like they own a lot of a lot of apartments and stuff, so it's good it's good for them, right? That's correct. So do you do you foresee having like long term? I don't know if you call them customers or or, or what your terminology is for them that. Maybe like they're per- they're almost permanently with you. They're like, hey, we're three mi- they're three months in New York. We're three months in in Miami in the winter, and <laughs> like we're, you know, like you think you're gonna have some people that they almost they they live with they live at any place, but they're just always at any place, right? You you have some people like that now. Yeah, I mean, um, some customers um, live with any place, but I'd say again. Um, we are still available in four cities. We should expand right. into more, you know, um, markets. So when I talk to our returning customers, one customer stay with us um, four times in LA, but he, you know, uh, goes back and forth between LA and Miami. But we are we we don't have any, you know, available unit in Miami. So right, you know, we are losing opportunity. So um, my dream is like more people uh, live in any place. It's gonna be lifestyle brand not just accommodation right 
Well, I do want to take a minute to remind everybody that today's podcast is brought to you by FullScale. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult. Go to FullScale.io and put in the type of developers you're looking for. We have developers available today. Build a team for you. Works directly for you. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. So, Steve, do you is software, is tech like a big part of, of your business? Have you had to build a lot of software for this? Great question. So uh, we are planning to invest in more software part. Uh, for example, we are planning to launch a um, concierge, concierge app, uh, yeah. which uh, streamline you know, our um, guest stay experience. Uh, because most of our customers came from uh, outside of the city. For example, if I stay with any place in New York, I usually, you know, came from outside of the New York, and I'm not familiar with the uh, neighborhood, you know, local stuff. Um, but usually, you know, when I move to new, sorry, moving new unit, I s- start finding like grocery store, you know, especially right. Japanese grocery store. I'm Japanese, yeah. <laughs> like uh, uh, gym and yoga class and something like, like that. But we can help, you know, um, through uh, our concierge job, and then through this process we can collect customer preferences, right? And then when I, you know, move out to New York and then I stay with any place in LA next time, uh, any place can uh, offer personalized experience, right? Um, so my dream is like, whenever, you know, um, people stay with any place, we can provide a personalized experience because we right. already know your preferences during the, you know, concierge process so this uh, area uh, i'm planning to invest in more well it's one of the things i was thinking about earlier are there other challenges that these sort of digital nomads have that you can help them solve like how to get mail or like are there things like that that you can help them solve if they're um a customer of yours that's that's a good point so our customers um stay with us two months on average. So we have a, a long uh, customer touch point. So there are a lot of, you know, uh, opportunity for us to upsell. Like you, you said, like meal, you know, delivery services, or, you know, we can offer a meal kit. And also um, if our customers like uh, our amenities or like our shampoo, rinse, uh, or furniture or a standing desk, you know, Maybe you know they could purchase through our website or you know we can promote you know those items um, through any place. So this is you know something um, creative way. I, I'd like to promote you know uh, services and uh, product uh, during our customer stay. So today, how do people find out about any place? What is your like go to market strategy? You mentioned uh, some people find you on Airbnb, which is awesome. But have you? How, how else do you like sell and, and promote? Good question. So we list our properties on third-party you know platform like Airbnb, Blueground. You know, um, so I would say thirty to forty percent of bookings came from those channels. But for the rest of um, bookings came from direct. Um, so when People Google like uh, remote work friendly accommodations or you know high speed internet for refurnished uh, apartments. Uh, we will appear on the top uh, because you know nobody offers the same experience. We are only operators, so our uniqueness uh, are getting easier for us to acquire new you know customers. And recently, you know uh, many customers uh, find us through Zoom calls. 
uh, this is interesting uh, because our customers usually have you know a lot of um, Zoom calls, right? And yeah, then, yeah. then people um, introduce any place during the ice break. Hey, where are you? You know, uh, working from? And then this is any place, and uh, this is super productive. You know, accommodation, something like that. I, now I'm you know staying at the um, competitors property so you know don't worry we're, we're not gonna tell anyone about that steve nobody's gonna know oh okay good to know but yeah <laughs> so this is how you know recently people uh, find any place okay well i think for me one of the challenges with a lot of businesses and so we even have this at full scale at my company is dealing with supply and demand right like you know you have to have inventory to sell right you have to have apartments and specific cities but it's always a challenge of like, hey, like how many units do we have? How many units do we furnish versus having the demand, right? Like, okay, do we have enough demand in San Francisco or do we have enough demand in Miami to go to Miami, right? Like how how is the challenge of that for you dealing with the, the supply and the demand sort of it? Good question. Um, I would say supply strategies, you know, uh, kind of tricky, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, yeah, especially like, you know, when we launch um, new properties in, for example, Miami, we don't know the demand yet, right? We need yeah. to test, test, you know, few properties like a different you know, neighbor. The, the, actually, like our performance, like occupancy rate is really depend on the um, location, I would say neighbor, but nobody knows well, your, like, until well, we test your, your demand in Miami, there will be no demand for July and August. Just like there will be no demand in Minneapolis in January and February, right? Ain't no digital nomad wants to go there, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's the other that's struggle right. you're going to have is like there's seasonality to this too, right? That's true. Uh, there's seasonality uh, depends on the uh, market. Like as you mentioned that like LA is, you know, a high demand season um, during the winter season. But during the summer season, there's low demand. Uh, but we offset uh, those seasonality uh, to diversify our portfolios. Like right. we have properties in New York, we have properties in uh, LA. So um, that's our you know part of strategy. Well, is that going to be something you can work out with your your partners that that own these facilities and say, look, in LA we want a hundred units, but only during this six months of the year, and the other six months of the year maybe we don't want any or whatever, right? Like. Is that something you're going to be able to do with them? You think is 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 try and do stuff like that? That's an interesting um, point. Uh, I would say we offset you know those seasonality um, um, with different customer types. So actually, you know, forty percent of our customers a uh, individual uh, digital nomads, but sixty percent of our customers are B two B, long term business travelers okay. so they yeah so uh they need a place for example uh they need a place in new york um two to three months um, and the weather doesn't every, matter they have to be there doesn't matter every yeah, yeah every year they need a place so yeah. we yeah diversify you know not so, only portfolios uh also like our customers so i have a friend here in kansas city that owns an airbnb property that tries to solve this exact uh scenario you just mentioned, he sells to traveling nurses. 
So there's like traveling nurses, traveling doctors, doctors that are like doing the residencies, all that kind of stuff. They have to go to LA or wherever it is they got to go, right? They've got to live there while they're doing their residency or they're a traveling nurse and they need like, that's a whole nother market for you, right? Is, is like you said, it's like a B2B, like traveling professionals that have to go do that stuff. So that's right. But they, but they may not be there very long, so they don't want to rent like an apartment for a year or whatever. They, they need sort of short-term rental, but it's more month to month. That's that, yeah, that's a good point. Um, our B two B customers um, tend to stay shorter, like two months or something. But our you know um, individual digital nomads um, tend to stay longer uh, in terms of you know LTB. They returning. Right. So they right. keep moving and then, yeah, they tend to return uh, to any place. So, so did you mention today you're in four major cities? Right. So that, uh, and what were those cities again? San Francisco, New York, L.A., and San Diego. Okay. So how many cities do you hope to get to in 2024? What is, what is the goal? Good question. It depends on the next funding. <laughs> but uh, we, I'd say um, I want to expand into um, eight new markets, you know, at least, um, it, which is going to be 12 um, available markets in total. Um, I'd like to prioritize more uh, tech hubs like uh, Miami, Boston, Seattle, because forty percent of our customers came from the tech industry, right. and also, you know, when when I talk to customers, and also when we collect data um, from our visitors, uh, Chicago, Atlanta, you know, those business hubs, you know, tend to um, uh, popular. So, um, yeah, I'd say you know we should uh, be available in those markets so that you know many people uh, can uh, keep using. Uh, any place in the future. So is it so if you're going into a new market, is it super expensive for you to go into a new market? Like you have you figured out like what it costs to go into a new market and you have to hire like a full time person that like lives there and oversees stuff? Like how does that look for you? Yeah, so our business model is pretty cash intensive. Uh first, you know, we need to hire someone on the ground, right? Uh who manage the you know, properties. And second, you know, we um purchase furniture Items and desk monitor and office setup. So it's cost. Um, I would say it's cost ten to twelve k to launch per unit. It depends on the room size and room type, though. Um, yeah. So I think mainly you know these two costs. Yeah. Um, to open new market. It sounds like you spent a lot of time at, at IKEA. Yeah, but uh, uh, we hate IKEA. <laughs> IKEA types of <laughs> um, furniture. Like IKEA is great, you know, but uh, we are focusing on more, you know, luxury yeah, 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 yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. I, I, personally, I like IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, so if you're going to a new market, like how many units do you need to open in a new market? Like you're not going to do one, right? So those are like a minimum. Like oh, we got to do fifty of them, or like what are you? What do you target? Yep, we used to launch. 10 to 15 um, units um, when we opened a new market to justify our investment. But yeah. we are thinking like in the future, we test out, you know, fewer units, like two or three units, launch first, and then see the 
performance and to learn, you know, which neighbor, you know, tend to, you know, high occupancy. And then we double down. Um, so that's going to be our new strategy. Seems like you could find partners in these different cities to do the property management for you. So you didn't have to have a full-time person. That's an option. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of property management people that that work for uh, Airbnb, property management, all these different things, right? You think you leverage them, like send send them to uh, IKEA or wherever you go <laughs> for the shopping <laughs> list. Like, go buy these things and furnish it. And I mean, you guys don't clean the properties, right? Like, you don't do like maid services and stuff, right? Is that part we of what you do? We outsource. We outsource cleaning, but once okay. we have large amount of units in specific markets, we are planning to hire um, in-person cleaner. Right. Yeah, that's the challenges of Airbnb. It's like every day they've got to do all this kind of stuff of people coming or going. So you don't have to worry right. as much if it's month month to month. But Yeah, recently, you know, cleaning cost is it's crazy, crazy expensive. Like uh, it's already depend on the market. But, you know, for example, in San Francisco, we pay around, you know, 300 uh, up to 500 depends on the you know room size uh, just to clean so, the place yeah <laughs> it's it's too much you know holy it's moly it's crazy dude i will come over there and clean it for five <laughs> you should come yeah you should dude. come you'll be you'll be super rich yeah that's insane 500 dollars. damn yeah sometimes um, so what what has been like the most surprising thing that you've had to deal with in this company? Like, like what, what is the thing that you never, like was the most surprising to you? You never thought you'd have to deal with. Surprising thing. Um, good question. Um, I would say, um, I would surprise, you know, when, when we find product market fit, um, I feel it like, you know, so when we were working on a uh, marketplace business, our growth is pretty flat, you know, not in a super, you know, rapid like startup. Um, but uh, when we pivot from the marketplace to our current model, property management slash subleasing, you know, um, our revenue growth is, you know, super crazy, you know, um, uh, growth. And then we've seen many, you know, uh, happy customers, you know, many positive reviews and returning customers. And um, yeah, metrics-wise, you know, we've seen revenue growth, we've seen high retention rate. But on the other hand, you know, I, I felt it, you know, finding PMF, uh, product market fit, PMF. So um, yeah. Feels good, a, doesn't it? <laughs> it feels good and also... Feels good. Feels good, yes. But uh, feeling like, hey, this is, you know, this is gonna big. It's kind of huge. So I felt that. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a first-time entrepreneur, so um, I didn't know this, you know, how I feel when uh, I find product market fit. Yeah, but we, we all wake up every week, too, and ask ourselves, why the hell are we doing this? Like, you, I'm sure you still do that, right? You still do that. Right. right. Like, why am I doing this? That's, That's normal, I mean. too. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Um. So, what is what is the weirdest thing that somebody has done in one of your places? Have you, like, somebody had this crazy party, trashed the whole place? Like, have you had any of those, like, crazy... It's going to happen. 
right? It's going to happen. Have you had any of those crazy problems yet? Mm, no, yet. We, we manage, um, still, we manage just 100 units, you know. We don't have any like crazy uh, guests yet. Luckily, Not yet. Yeah, we, 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 we're focusing on uh, more, you know, uh, high end, you know, more expensive properties because yeah. of that, maybe. Well, um, we had a one crazy dog, you know, <laughs> dog, uh, you know, messed up the, you know, the furniture and um, chewed yeah. everything up. Yeah, beds, you know, bed covers, but that's it. Um, yeah, not crazy, you know, guess, but interesting. In time, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen, right? Like, that. that's the thing about business is like, if it happens 1% of the time, it doesn't happen very often. But when you've got a thousand, you know, apartments, like now 1% all of a sudden is like, oh, this shit happens all the time. Like just crazy stuff that you have to deal with. Right. But recently, you know, uh, on the other hand, recently some YouTuber, TikTokers, those, those types of, you know, uh, people um, stay with us uh, in yeah. LA. Yeah. Um, also... Also, famous CEOs, you know, I don't disclose the, uh, their names, but, uh, you know, famous startup CEOs and executives recently you know, stayed with any place. Well, so what, what does international expansion look like for you? I'm sure you have, there's got to be a goal here for you to like do this in Tokyo or something, I would imagine. It's got to be on your to-do list. That's my dream. I, I want to uh, make any place a global brand, global hospitality brand for remote workers. But for the next, you know, two or three years, uh, we've been focusing, uh, we, we, sorry, we will focus on the U.S. market. Um, and after that, um, we're going to expand internationally. Well, I, I, I love what you're doing. I, I think it's great. What, what else do you see in the, in, in the future for any place? Do you see expanding to different kinds of things? Talking about building more technology, you know, there are, being able to make it easier for them if they go from one place to another and, and their personal preferences. Like what else do you kind of see as the, the future of how this evolves? Yep. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, I want to make any place a uh, lifestyle brand, yeah. not just accommodation. So once we have more units in you know, different locations, probably we could do subscription type of, you know, um, experience like if you subscribe any place for six months or a year you can change your location whenever you want so that types of um yeah product you know uh i'd like to build in the future yeah that would be fun well if you need to hire software engineers testers or leaders full scale can help we have the people in the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts we specialize in building a team dedicated directly for you uh, you can check us out at fullscale.io to learn more well, thank you so much, Steve, for being on the show today. I always like to ask people to end the show, um, what are the kind of tips you have for other entrepreneurs? And, you know, you're a first-time entrepreneur uh, yourself. Um, do you have any kind of key learning you've learned along on the way you'd like to uh, share with everybody else? And, and maybe it's just, to, it's just to keep going and keep doing it. But um. Yeah. I would say my advice is to be flexible and never give up. Um, it takes time to build a great product. We pivoted a lot. And it takes time to uh, find product market fit, uh, but it usually you not know, takes takes time to build a great product. If it's yeah. easy, you know, everyone um, now become 
billionaire. Maybe you are millionaire, but I know. <laughs> Still, I'm poor. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it takes time to build a great product. So, you know, uh, but uh, you should be flexible. You know, you can pip it until you find a uh, product market fit. So, yeah, my advice is, you know, uh, to be flexible and never give up. Yeah, some people are, are so set on doing something a certain way that it never works and they just kind of go down with the ship and they're like, oh, we failed and whatever. And they're, you know, like you said, they, they didn't realize, like, oh, we can make some changes, like we can be flexible and there's another way. And um, sounds like you went through that with your, your marketplace idea and it has pivoted to this. So good for you. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Again, um, this was Steve Naito. You can check him out at it's anyplace.com, right? Right. Where else, um, where else could people follow you or, or learn more about you? Uh, Twitter, uh, now X, uh, or LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe one day I will stay at, at any place. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. It was fun. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.